You are listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcasts. Keep up with the latest episodes by downloading the Podbean app or stream episodes via our social media accounts. Search for Let's Talk Trio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This episode is sponsored by Student Access. Student Access, the leader in Trio software. Student Access is an online database solution that allows TRIO programs to track their students' information, connect with students by text messages, streamline the APR, and work from anywhere, all online, with automatic updates for changes from the Department of Education. Their technical support team includes former TRIO staff and has over 50 years of combined experience working with TRIO. Make it easier to focus on your priority, the students. For more information and to request a free demo, visit their website at www.studentaccess.com or call them toll-free at 1-800-801-1232. That website again is www.studentaccess.com or 1-800-801-1232. Be sure to share your favorite episodes on your social media by tapping that share button. This is a great way to support the podcast. Now here's your host, Juan Rivas. Thank you, Emilia, for that wonderful introduction. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Let's Talk Trio. In this episode, we have Camila Sims from the University of New Mexico Gallup Trio Student Support Services. She's on the program to talk about her experiences in the Trio program, her childhood, and uh, what was it like for her growing up as well as share her work experience that led her to TRIO. What I liked about this interview is that we were able to talk and touch a little bit about the inspirations of of working for TRIO. When we're talking about heart of service and and the various topics that go with TRIO, uh, when we're looking at professionals who go into the field, uh, those are some of the topics that we really uh, hit on and really talk about. so it was just an overall pleasure just to talk to Camila and her uh, uh, to look at her trio program and talk about the things that she's experienced and how she's carried that experience into her into trio. So coming up in just a bit, Camila Sims. Remember, you too can be featured on Let's Talk Trio. Send us a direct message via Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can email us at Let's Talk Trio, all one word, L E T S. T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. We are currently in our Kickstarter campaign. We would like for our audience to go into our Kickstarter, look for Let's Talk Trio podcast, and you'll be able to donate any dollar amount. Uh, Being in the middle of this uh, Kickstarter campaign, we want to be able to upgrade our equipment, um, uh, use some travel funds here and there uh, when COVID-19 finally lifts and we're able to travel. We'd like to go out and visit uh, host institutions that have their TRIO programs, and we'd love to do interviews there. I want to thank our sponsors, Student Access and Angelica Villalpando. Thank you all so much for contributing to the podcast. And a thank you to our listeners. You continue making this podcast great. We appreciate you to our guests, our um, our supporters, people who share the, the page and share the, their favorite episode. We appreciate, we appreciate you so much to be able to talk to the audience directly about uh, your TRIO program and how, int- uh, how TRIO has impacted you. So we thank you for that. The amount of support we're receiving from for the podcast, uh, we do appreciate any any comments, any feedback, any information that you want to share, uh, even for people that want to share their story. We appreciate you. Thank you for continuing to support our podcast. Now, without any further delay, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Five, four, three. Two, one. Hi, Trio Nation. My guest on the podcast is a graduate of the University of New Mexico. She started at the University of New Mexico Gallup as a uh, uh, to earn her associate's degree, and eventually got a work study job at the financial aid office. Uh, while she was there, the, she worked for various departments, but was very specific uh, in working with students that. Uh, we're facing a lot of challenges. She eventually applied for the TRIO Student Support Services Program and is currently the director at the University of New Mexico Gallup TRIO Student Support Services Program. If you pl- oh, give me a sec. Please welcome 
Kimimila Sims to the Let's Talk Trio podcast. Kimimila, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for saying my name correctly, too. Oh, my gosh. I've, I was afraid of butchering it uh, so many times, yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad I was able to get it. <laughs> yes. You did. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, so how are you? How is your family doing in the midst of this whole COVID-19 p- pandemic? Oh, my gosh. I, I am okay. Um, my kids are okay. We're, we're healthy. I live next to my parents. They're good. Um, they're elderly. Um, we've just been staying home, staying safe, and um, trying to do a lot of things at home. It's been um, actually a, a good experience for us so far. We've uh, had a chance to slow down, slow down life, and focus on a lot of things that we didn't get to before. And yeah, um, yeah so it, it's been really great. So what are those, some of those things that you have not been able to get to? What, what are some of the things that you're doing? Well, um, I would say for one thing, cooking, you know, before we were always in a hurry, you Mm -hmm. know, we just kind of ate like the same things that felt like over and over, um, Mm -hmm. you know, quickly. And then now that we're here in this um, pandemic at home, we've had more time and been cooking things I usually don't cook and um, learning new skills, things that I thought took like a long time to make, you know, and I never did before. Um, I'm making now and they're not taking as long because I'm, you know, learning new skills, I think. And then, um, with this whole pandemic, like a lot of our grocery stores, cause we, we live in a small rural town have just been kind of empty. The shelves have been kind of empty and, um, mm-hmm. the more inexpensive meats and stuff have been cleared out. So I've been forced to buy the more grass fed free range stuff. Yeah. And actually it turned, it's actually really good. Like it smells so much better. It tastes better. Really? It just like grills out better. I've been grilling like crazy and, you know, things like that. So, um, yeah. we've been trying to eat more rainbow fruit and vegetables and, um, it's just slowing down. I do smoothies and smoothie bowls. Ooh. I've done like tip of the days on our trio Facebook page on smoothie bowls. Yeah. And I get a lot of response. Students are like, can you make more of those? So oh, yeah, I made awesome. a unicorn one. Yeah, it's, it's been, I've been trying to do stuff, you know, to keep me busy and keep my mind occupied because I'm very, I'm very worried about our students and our community because yeah. our um, community has been hit really hard mm-hmm. and our students have been affected. And so, um, you know, to, I, I'm a worrier and I'm kind of like, a, I guess a mother figure in, our, in my director program and, um, directorship and I'm always, you know, thinking about them and reaching out and stuff. And so I try to keep myself grounded and focused so I don't spin. Yeah. The students do, they certainly look at you as a, a mother figure slash a leader, right. To guide them even through this uh, very difficult time. So uh, any, any specialty dishes that you've uh, specialized in? Um, I don't know. I've been, I've been, well, grilling. I love to grill. So oh, I can grilling. kind of, yeah. yeah, like I can grill all kinds of meat. <laughs> and then I think the smoothie bowls, I've really, you know, like I've ordered some um, different powders from like raw nice. I don't know if you know, but like they've got all these like beetroot powders and they're like purple and blue and green. And, and so we've been experimenting huh. with those and it's, it's pretty fun. That's awesome. So yeah. cool. Uh, so just a little background for our listeners, Kimi Mila and I connected over Facebook and I think that's where kind of our, our friendship just started. Uh, we, we connected over that and I, I reached out to you and you said, I, I realized you were like a director for the UNM Gallup uh, trio program. I was like, I gotta have, I gotta have her on the podcast. Thank you. I don't know how you noticed that. I tried to keep that under wraps. <laughs> I don't know. I, think, I don't like to talk about myself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think um, we did We did a lot of outreach and then mm. uh, UNM Gallup, I think liked one of our things. And I think I might've seen uh, you associated mm-hmm. to the page. And I was like, yes. huh, I need to, I need to reach out to her. Yeah. That's the other thing I've been doing at home is like, I've been able to hone up like my skills, my social media skills. And I nice. found a lot and I found you guys and I reached and I found a lot of other true um, programs and I've been reaching out and yeah, we can talk about that more, like how much it's inspired me. Absolutely. Yeah. We definitely need to get to get to that. So uh, we want to know more about you, uh, Kimi Mila. Can you share your pre trio origin story? What was it like growing up for you? Oh, um, well I grew up, let's see, I was born and raised in Rosebud, South Dakota on the Rosebud reservation. So that's where I come from. Um, my dad, um, 
is non-native. He moved there and um, he's teaching there. And then my mom is native. So he actually ended up um, marrying her and they had me and my brother. And uh, my dad taught for, um, it's an AHEC school called Sintag Leshka for like over 40 years. Mm -hmm. Well, close to maybe 30, I would say. And um, so we were, he's, he's been a professor. So that's like my background. So I grew up like outside in the country, like on a farm. And um, it was a really great childhood. We had a lot, there's lots of horses and um, cows was like a big thing. And in the Midwest and um, corn, lots of corn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So very rural. Cold. Yeah. So a very rural background, but yes. raised by educators, it sounds like. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Did, yeah. Did being raised by educators play a lot of, uh, did it influence you uh, growing up? Oh, very much so. We had, um, so my dad was involved in every summer they did cultural language camps and people from all over the world would come and just, you know, people from the community and um, to have to be a part of these cultural camps and kind of be immersed in like the Lakota way of life and language. And um, we were in school. So my dad always took me like to the college and hang out in the library. And then, you know, like anytime they would meet, we would, I'd be there. And it was, it was just encouraged to kind of have like your your children I don't know like native families and I know a lot of other cultures you know they immerse like the whole family into like the learning experience so Mm -hmm. yeah I I was able to like listen to them talk all the time and some of the issues that they were talking about are some of the still ongoing issues and um so it's kind of interesting that it's it's kind of full circle yeah that has come full circle for you that's awesome Mm -hmm. um and was was college something that your family either pushed on you or was it something that you realized on your own that you wanted to do? Um, well, yes, my def- my parents, they always encouraged me to go, but they never really pushed me. They let me kind of find my own way. And um, actually kind of, we, we moved to a big city. We moved to Sacramento from um, South Dakota. So it was like a huge culture shock for me. And mm having to like fit in and just adapt to that world. And I got into like, I would say a lot of trouble and I wasn't really focused on school. And, um, and when it came to like my junior or senior year, I can't remember which now, um, we all had to meet with our high school counselor and think about the SATs and stuff like that. Yeah. And he told me that I um, wasn't, going to go to college. So I probably didn't need to take my SATs. Oh, so yeah, that like really, you know, like kind of threw me for a loop there for a minute. Um, but I did go to college right after high school and, Mm. um, you know, I didn't listen to that and, um, I'm glad I didn't, Yeah, but I'm just, I feel, I feel so bad for some students who, you know, actually hear that and believe that inside and absolutely. I mean, I think uh, you you hit a nail on the head. I think there's a lot of students that uh, in trio that get told that right that mm-hmm. uh, maybe you we shouldn't focus too much on you taking the ACT. You might not even go to college in, in the first place. Um, so for you, high school must have been challenging. Um, no, actually, I was um, I was the work was easy. The work was fine. Mm-hmm. It was just more of like. Um, I think it was more focused into like the way of life. It was so different mm-hmm. from where I grew up and just all the different cultures and people and things like that. That was more interesting to me. And um, okay. I was a little bit bored too in, in school. I thought that it could be a little bit more strenuous maybe. Yeah. Uh, so that disengagement happened. And for you, was it just out of boredom that the classes were not connecting with you and you felt, you know what, I could spend my time doing something else? Um, well, I wanted to go to school just so my friends were there. I just, um, I don't, maybe that was it. Yeah. I just, I just thought that, you know, I could, I could read through things quickly and, and do things. And then our, um, you know, our history was, you know, I, I don't know. It wasn't, I just felt it wasn't enough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about the culture shock that you experienced between going rural to now urban. Oh, wow. So I grew up with, um, you know, a lot of native kids and then a lot of, you know, like non-native, I would say white. And um, all of my teachers were always just white. And I don't really remember having any kind of Native American 
teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got to, I guess, high school, because that's when we moved um, there, sorry, my freshman year there, and um, I had all kinds of different teachers from different backgrounds, and it was it was very exciting, you know what I mean? I really um, thought that was pretty neat, and I'm glad I had that experience because here, coming back here to Gallup, where it's, um, again, rural, and it's not a lot yeah. of, they say there's diversity, but there's not as much diversity. Um, you know, I was listening and, and, um, people don't have a lot of teachers who are, you know, of different backgrounds. So yeah, I'm glad I had that experience. Absolutely. So you were told by your high school's counselor that you didn't need to take your SATs because you probably weren't weren't going to college. What, what was the push? Where, where did you finally get inspired to really lean into college? Um, so I started working at a children's home in Sacramento um, as a residential counselor. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's kids that were taken away from their families and they were put into a home by the by the courts and they have oh. to live there. Yeah, just because their parents, um, you know, they just did horrible things and there's a lot of abuse and drugs and stuff like that. And um, so those kids came from that background and they are living in this house, ho- different houses. So I worked in one with girls from ages 11 to 15. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And they lived there. Um, they went to school. Um, they would come home and then we would, you know, kind of take care of them, make sure they did their homework. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge, like, it was so hard because they were, you know, just, they came from horrible backgrounds. A lot of them didn't know how to shower. They didn't know how, you know, just really basic needs were not met. Um, a lot of them were on medication, you know, things like that. A lot of anger issues. Um, my job, we had to learn how to restrain a child if they ever, you know, had a, a breakdown or something like that. And, Mm -hmm. um, we had to do a lot of talking and intervention and things like that. So, um, you know, I wanted to do more for the kids. I wanted to work. I was on, you know, in the ground doing groundwork and I wanted to work more with the kids and have more of an impact. And of course you need a degree for that. So, and I was telling the kids, they always have to go to school. They've got to, you know, get, you know, have a better life for themselves. And, you know, I wasn't doing that. So I had to do what I was preaching. So I moved, um, my parents were here in Gallup. So I moved here and they said there's a university here. It's really inexpensive. It's like mm-hmm. a two-year school, and you can get your degree. And I was going to do that and then move back, and then um, I ended up staying here. Oh, wow. Okay. So tell us about uh, then that transition from high school to college. What was that like for you? Um, I guess it was – I was just back and forth. I bounced, like, um, around a lot. I just mostly worked. And focused on that, um, try to help, you know, support my family a little bit. And I didn't really start focusing on college until I moved away from like the big city and came to like rural, rural Mm -hmm. Gallup. Mm -hmm. Really? So Mm -hmm. talk to us about that experience. The, uh, the, in the college part now you're, you've, uh, attend, you're, you've been attending, um, you, you said you, you pursued your associate's degree at first, right? Yeah, at Gallup, it's um, associates and certificates. Um, at the time, we did have a bachelor's program. So after I finished that, I transitioned into that program. We had that program here, and I actually did work for them for, you know, like a year and a half or so as well. Um, so it was like the bachelor and graduate programs. Mm-hmm. So students can actually take classes in person here on our campus at the Gallup campus. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And that, that was a neat experience. Um, I think I was the last graduating class to do that before, you know, they got rid of the program due to funding and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. So now we don't have that program here. Um, we do, we finally did get a BSN for the nursing students here so they can stay here. And I have oh, a, a work study staff that can, that's working on our BSN and then working with us. Um but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if I would have been able to finish, you know, because I was at the time, um, I, ha- I was a single mom and I was trying to finish up that degree and work mm-hmm. at the same time. And mm-hmm. if I had to do online and things, I don't know, I don't know if I could have really done it because, um, you know, being in the classroom with people who were in the same boat as me, we all kind of inspired each other and we all kept each other going. And, you know, it was late classes. They went into like, 
nine, nine thirty at night and yeah. after working all day. Wow. Um, so that was, that was a really good, um, experience that I had. And I was, I'm really sad that our students don't have that because they they have to, you know, it's hard to leave home and it's hard to have internet connections and, Absolutely. and do everything online and, you know, be successful and balance work and school and home. And yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm really glad I had that experience. That's awesome. I'm glad. And you also graduated from the university, the university of New Mexico. Uh, what was your degrees in? So I, I'm still working on my master's degree right now. Right on. I know. Yeah. I know that's like kind of different for like an SSS director. They're supposed to have that first, but I had all that experience, um, working in financial aid for like, uh, 10, I think plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to, um, you know, get the position based off of my experience here at the school. And with that, that's so, awesome. yeah. So my bachelor's, it was, um, it was geared towards political science and Native American studies. I thought I was going to go and work for the tribe and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So initially that political science degree, you really wanted to work with the tribes um, in Gallup or back in, uh, in your home state? Um, You know, actually anywhere. I mean, the, the tribal issues are kind of, you know, all the same. And I thought maybe I could, you know, work, um, have it that experience. I just want to gain as much experience as I can. So yeah, it would, it would, I don't know if I would be able to get, you know, position the, the Navajo nation that would have been difficult. So, yeah. Yeah. So tell us about your, that college experience for that part, for your bachelor's degree, how did that work out for you? And, uh, what did you do during that time? Um, well, during that time I was working at financial aid. Um, so I was, um, and then plus I was, I became a, um, single mother, I think like in my first, through my first semester or so. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I dropped down to like maybe one class and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to balance like full-time work and, um, you know, the classes, the class and then, um, and then the children. So, yeah, that must've been really hard to balance, uh, being a parent, a parent, and then also having to go to school. It was so hard. I felt, um, I felt like I would say it was just so back and forth. I just felt like so guilty sometimes for, um, you know, not being there fully for each thing that I was in, like, um, you know, like work, I was always, you know, my mind was drifting to, to home or to homework and things I had to do, but you know, I still, still got everything done. And I think after a while, like it becomes routine, you learn how to function off off of like maybe five hours of sleep all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you, you learn, you just learn how to do things and um, how to become innovative and how to multitask and you know how to like focus and um when i was at work i focused at work when i was at school i focused on school and then i focused on the kids so yeah it, it all managed to work and after they went to bed i was up until i don't know how long like reading and oh yeah you know, there's yeah. many times i fell asleep on it so stuff like that can you talk to but us a little it. yeah you did and you've, mm-hmm. you've been able to uh, strike that nice balance so uh kudos to you for being a single parent and still doing it Thank you. And I think that that really gives me that experience. So that way I can um, really connect with the students that we have around here. Like I'm not just, you know, someone that says you can do it. You know, I've actually done it. I've actually been through it. You've actually walked the walk and you've done done it. So exactly. That is amazing. And I think that's, that's, that speaks to the testament of you and your leadership, right? When you look at students and you say, uh, it can be something innocuous, like something small of I'm Mm -hmm. posting a recipe for a salad versus, you know what? I've also been a single parent and I know, I know what I'm talking about when we talk about work-life balance. Yeah, exactly. And I try not to be like too pushy or too, you know, like you should be this way. And, you know, this is, I let people kind of find their own way and I do a lot of listening. So I'm going to uh, uh, just veer a little bit off from the, uh, the, the, the script a little bit. I promise it's not a gotcha question, but how, how do you um, approach a student or how do you talk to a student that veers off from your recommended path? Say, say they don't even listen to what you recommend and they start going off to a different direction. Well, I mean, 
we have to talk because we have to make sure that it is productive, that it is something that's going to help them in the long run. And it's not something that they're being rebellious about or, you know, something like that. There has to always be a reason. So we got to get to that reason and get to the root of like, you know, why the sudden change of heart. Mm-hmm. And then after you kind of hear them out and listen, then you got to kind of lay out like exactly okay, well, if you do this, because I always take things from like a financial aid standpoint, you know, you've got your maximum time frame, you've mm-hmm. got like, you know, your GPA and your completion rate to kind of take into consideration. And, and, you know, and, you know, there's a limit on the Pell Grant and there's a limit on certain scholarships. So if you're changing your degree right in the middle of your associates and you've already earned like 60 credits and you've got to, you know, take all these new classes for the new degree, mm. how is that going to affect your financial aid? Like you're going to be in school longer. Like, is oh, that yeah. going to be okay with your family? Is that going to be okay with work? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's all these, these, um, a ripple effect that can happen. So Absolutely. yeah, we've got to talk about all that. Absolutely. And I think, uh, trio staff like you really help students understand and detail a map of their understanding of how a degree progress should work. Uh, because otherwise without you all, I can, I can be a testament. Uh, my old director, uh, Doris Anaya and, uh, Susan Cramp, uh, really helped me understand my degree. Like they would be the first ones I go to, to even discuss a degree plan. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that's the way students are with you. Um, yeah, I hope so. Um, I hope they are. I, I try to as much as I can, you know, I try to be there. And so I, I hope they are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right on. Um, there, so yeah, go ahead. I, I forgot what I was going to say. I almost forgot my question as well. <laughs> <laughs> so we, okay. So financial aid standpoint, it was something about financial aid I was going to say. Um, I think that was your work experience or something. You can, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, being in the degree, like programs and, and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. I was, when I was in financial aid, I would see them when they were like in trouble mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, they were, they were maxing them on their loans. They were having to do a petition. Um, they lost their scholarships, things like that. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm really just, um, I really want to do more for the students because I feel like I'm just giving them bad news. I'm kind of, you know, like, I don't want to be scolding in any way. I want to be supportive. And so when this trio um, director position opened, um, I got in it kind of open, like in from tragedy. I don't know if you know, but there was going to be another director that was going to be in this position that I, that I had. Um, And he, yeah, he um, lost his, life so they ended up having to repost the position so I was kind of like well at a point in my life where I was like you know I don't I care deeply about the school and just my coworkers, and because our trio is part of student affairs so financially with student affairs so we're like Mm -hmm. family and I wanted to grow and so I was like I'll apply and then I did get the position so um anyways that was the part like I I wanted to do something different for the students and, and help them like from the very beginning mm-hmm. as opposed to at the end when they're in trouble. Yeah. So this has been a really great experience for me. I'm so, um, I feel like everything that I've been exposed to and went through in my life and, um, you know, the moves and, you know, being a single mother and then mm-hmm. um, having to focus on school and just, you know, kind of claw my way through things. Um, I feel like all of that experience has brought me to this place where I'm at now. And that's amazing. And your experience has certainly uh, paved that path for you. And uh, we're very proud of you and uh, fantastic. And congratulations on uh, uh, getting a position, especially uh, at the University of New Mexico, Gallupa. I don't know if you knew this about me. I worked there for about nine months as the uh, as, uh, senior tutor coordinator for a little while. And uh, that was under Carol Bartlett. And, Carol uh, was my director when I was oh, yeah, really? in school. Oh, yeah, she. Yeah, I was. I was. I'm an alumni yeah. of this program, and she was the director then. Oh, okay. You did. Okay. Wow, yeah. we're on one. That's yeah. pretty neat. Yep. That was a. And then uh, Jamie. I, I don't know if she's still out there. Jamie McMahon. Mm-hmm. She is our um, student affairs director now. No way. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Yeah. Trio people yep. doing great things always. Yeah, definitely. So, um, 
can you tell me a little bit about the challenges that you faced becoming a director? Yeah. Um, so like I said, when I came in, it was supposed to go to someone else. Um, people were really invested in this person. He had been in trio. Um, Anselm, did you know Anselm for quite a while? The name sounds so familiar. Yeah. He, he was in trio. He was trio. Um, you know, from the very beginning, I think from a student and, um, he was supposed to have this position and, um, he had lost his life. And, um, you know, when I came in, I felt like, it wasn't supposed to be for me kind of mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was like, but on my personal, it was supposed to be for yeah. me. Yeah. So I felt like I've had to work really hard to earn the trust of this, you know, some of the staff that were here and yeah. then, um, you know, and the student affairs department, you know, and just everybody just didn't want to let anybody down. So I felt like I had to work like extra hard and I didn't have anybody, there wasn't a director in this position, I think for nine months or so. Oh, wow. So, yeah, when I came in, um, you know, things were just sort of, you know, just, they're just sort of functioning, I would say. They weren't doing all of the stuff that they were supposed to be doing. Um, and Jamie was really busy with her position, so she didn't have, you know, like, she um, taught me as much as I could, as she could, and... Um, how to learn, you know, just how to learn everything, um, crash course kind of stuff. And, um, I reached out to other trio directors. I know there was Dawn at the main campus. I reached out to, that's the only one that I knew at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, just having to read the grant learning all the regulations and going to trainings and, but it was also familiar at the same time because it is, um, Department of Education. So I came from Department of Education. So, uh -huh. you know, kind of the same regulations, yeah. same rules. So there I wasn't too confused. It's just more of finding like, you know, which, which one it goes under. Um, but also when I would go to like, I went from going to like the huge um, FSA conferences for the financially people to a small trio New Mexico conference. And I was like, wow, this is, this is it. <laughs> but it was it's really it's been really great because you get to know everybody so that, that's been pretty cool yeah yeah so those were um some of my experiences and just um be, you know coming over and um i i just love it i've had a blast and been here three years now and the time has flown i'm sure and, yeah um, yeah so now we're gonna we're getting ready we're hoping that we're gonna be refunded again we're all of the sss grants are waiting to get refunded and um i really hope we do i i look at my emails every day and um i just want to see you know that that response and because i already have a lot of ideas on how we're going to do things because yeah that's amazing. And uh, I know that it, it can get pretty tense for TRIO programs when they're waiting to hear back from the federal government or from the Department of Education specifically to mm -hmm. get that uh, funding slate released. So we know that here in the podcast, we wish you all the best and we, we hope that uh, that funding slate gets released soon. Uh, I know. Yeah, and then add a pandemic to it. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. And how to do things virtually. I mean, I'm... I, I don't know. Some days I'm like, how am I, how are we all functioning? Like I've <laughs> at times, like I just, I don't know. It's, I've spun a little bit. Like how do I even get things over to do things virtually when right. there's no internet service in the community where all of our students are. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's been, it's been a challenge. An experience for sure. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, Kim and Mila, we're going to take a quick break where, okay. uh, and we'll be back with uh, more with Kim and Mila Sims over at the University of New Mexico Gallup Trio Student Support Services.
three, two, one. And we are back. Uh, we have Kimimila Sims from the Trio Student Support Services Program at the University of New Mexico Gallup. She is the director. And we are uh, just talking about her college journey. We talked about uh, her experiences and how she ended up working for Trio. So, uh, Kimimila, I just want to follow up uh, with another question is, can you tell us a little bit about the mentors that you've had, uh, not only in college, but in your professional career? Sure. Um, so there is one that always sticks out. Of course, it's my parents. Of course, it's my dad um, from the very beginning. And then just people that we've met um, along the way, like in, you know, like at Sente and then the cultural camps and, and things like that. Um, you know, those people are still in my life. Um, we're still friends with them. They're, of course, older, but they're still my mentors. That's my personal. And then um, professional, um, I, I have them scattered all over the place from Sacramento, like my first job as a um, barista, you know, like that woman worked so hard. Mm -hmm. um, she, her business, like, you know, she, she had a, a baby and then was back at work the next day. Wow. Um, just, you know, p women um, in general, just very strong mm -hmm. women are always like, they're my mentor, even though they might not know it or not. I always, you know, like, wow, what was your story? Like, how did you do that? So, you know, I try to draw from, you know, everybody that I meet in a, in a way. Um, here I have um, one person in particular that I'm very, like, I just run everything by. They've, um, they're just like a very strong mentor and friend and became, you know, so much to me. And that's, um, her name is Michelle and she's uh, the manager of the academic side the academic team mm -hmm. so yeah we work pretty closely together on all things because you know I've had to learn how to be an academic advisor in my position so yeah and then um Jamie um has also helped a lot and then just um everybody everybody in the SSS you know they're all my mentors that's awesome and you getting into the field of education, you told us a little bit about your story about how you got inspired to work in this field. Were there any other influences that uh, really pushed you this direction? Um, yeah, Native um, American, um, just, I guess, the problems that people face in education, um, living on the reservations, just um, people in general, just the culture in general, it's gone through so much and it's still here and people are still here and they're, you know, resilient and they're, you know, brilliant and they're beautiful and, and um, you know, I just, I just want to see people succeed and have the same opportunities that other people have. So those are some of the things that drive me. That's amazing. That's awesome. And good response, by the way. Um, you work for the University of New Mexico in Gallup for the Trio Student mm -hmm. Support Services Program. And you being the director, can you tell us about your program and what it's all about? Yes, definitely. So, um, well, I'll start with our summer. We, we do a summer bridge program. I know a lot of um, SSS programs don't do bridge programs, but we do. And I love it. We... Um, we have like three components. So we do a math and English. A lot of our, our students that come in, I was going to say children, a lot of the students that come in from high school, they, um, they're, they don't test into like college math and English. So we offer free math and English and we work with them through the summer. We test them with an AccuPlacer and we see where their levels are. We, we um, teach, um, you know, to their level. And our goal is to try to get them to increase like a level or two, get them closer to that um, um, college level math and English. And some students do test into it after our program. Mm -hmm. And um, most students, you know, all students kind of raise up like one grade level. So they're not coming into like math 100. Maybe they're going into math 120, which is one below math 121. So um, we do that. And then we do like an intro to university um, I guess studies. So this year is called freshman first year experience. So they do that class. Um, and then they meet with us every day, us trio staff, our tutors and mentors go into the classroom with the instructors and they help. Um, and so we see them every day. We, we also do like little games with them. We do lunch with them. You know, we sit with them. We really get to know them 
and um, we try to mentor them as much as we can and get them ready for college life. That's my one of my favorite things that I do. And then at the end of the program, we take a trip to a four-year university. Um, we try to give them that experience right away from the beginning. Like you're going to come here and you're going to work on your associates, but you are going to transfer. Mm -hmm. And this is what it's going to look like. So start thinking about that now and work on this degree and look at these options so that you're constantly working on getting through our program and transferring to, to four year. Yeah. So that's my favorite part. And then we also try to include some sort of cultural activity with that as well. Um, so like we went to Durango and we went to Fort Lewis college and they've got like free tuition for native American students. Wow. So we, we toured that and we learned all about that. They have an SSS program there and we met with that program and then we just did some fun things. We, um, you know, hiked around a little bit. We got to eat some really awesome food. I try to find really different food that we don't have around here and just give them all those experiences. And we spend like almost every day with them for six weeks. Yeah. Um, so we do that with them. That's my favorite part. And then during the semester, we have, um, we've started doing like extra things aside from tutoring and um things like you know just the basic needs we've tried to step it up some so we got online tutoring I got that last semester and I'm I'm so glad I did that because of this whole pandemic like we've had to have them do online tutoring um that's good on you and oh, for a little bit of foresight too right how did I know that no I'm just <laughs> <laughs> and um we got like a learn page too mm -hmm. and so like when this hit I was like we're kind of set right now and I was like wow um <laughs> that's good I, I was I was really like kind of you know a little bit shocked at myself and um and I, I was like um you know at the team and everything for you know trying to come up with all of these things so um that so we do like aside from that we do a lot of workshops we like to focus on workshops because I know a lot of our students like hands-on learning they like um you know they want to be engaged and stuff like that they want to go to class they want that in person so we do a lot of workshops and we you know like do fun things also like meal prep 101 and sleep and stress and management and all that sort of stuff. So we do like a theme every semester. We do like a week long theme of workshops aside from all of our other workshops that we do like math and English and tutoring and financial literacy. Yeah. So like our last one was career services. So we had like people come from the community and we had like sessions all day. Um, and then the students got, we gave them a certificate afterwards saying they attended so they can put that in their binder for resumes or something. Hang on the walls. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's just a little bit of what we do. There's so much more. We, we try to do other fun things. Like we did a lot of like um, family team building. We want them to make sure that they are welcomed, that they are wanted, that they are needed here at this university. They could feel like, you know, this is their home away from home. So like in our area, we've, um, we let them go in the kitchen and they can heat up their coffee, heat up, you know, their food, their lunch. We let them eat in the lab as long as they clean up after themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Don't spill. Um, we let them do that. We tell them this is their safe space. Um, and we, we do things like chili cook off. Like oh, we nice. did that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We invite the whole campus. Um, and it, and it's really amazing. Like people are just like, wow, let me give out prizes and like, you know, stuff that we all buy out of pocket, uh, out of our own, our team, mm -hmm. you know, we spend a lot of our own money on, on things like this and, um, just extra because we want the students to be really welcomed and feel at home. And absolutely. I think that's part of, um, you know, the students coming back every semester, um, is that they feel like they are, you know they're ingrained in the university and this is their home. And so they progress and they continue to work on their degree. Cause I feel like if they don't have that connection, then, you know, they can easily get lost, especially in our um, commuter college. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's easy to get stuck at home and work. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you say is unique about your trio program? So all of those things that I just said, I mean, I don't know if other, I mean, I see other trio programs do that, but I, it's unique at our school. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the other programs, you know, we don't have actually any other support programs on campus. Um, we do have like a tutoring center and that's for all of the students. And we've got um, 
recently have a high school on our campus now that we had. This will be our, we've had them for about a year now. Mm-hmm. So um, we've got high school integrated with the college. And so anyways, the, the students are in that tutoring program too. So it's college and high school. And, um, you know, they're very busy with that. So they don't have a lot yeah. of time to do stuff like we do. And then just everybody's just very busy. So I feel like our program is very unique here. We're constantly right now in this pandemic, we're constantly putting out things like we've got zoom hours with our tutors every week with our staff. Um, We're doing videos on how to register. You know, we're constantly putting out stuff. We're constantly busy. And the rest of the school has, has been totally quiet. They haven't done anything. So, Mm, yeah. So maybe they're maybe taking lead a lead from you. I don't know. They haven't. Um, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Right. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, you've had experiences from uh, working with uh, with with young girls to uh, Office of Financial Aid to now being a director. After mm-hmm. you, re- you reflect on all that, what aspect of this job do you enjoy the most? Um. Gosh, I, I the most. I like everything equally. I like. So I was afraid like when I came into this position that I wouldn't be able to talk to the students as much as I, as I was before I'd have to meet with students every day, um, all day, you know, on the phone through email, like in person to discuss things. And I thought here, like I wasn't their main academic advisor. I wasn't their financial aid. I was just in here. Like, um, you know, I didn't want to be this scary, unapproachable person. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I got out there and I made sure that I was involved in everything that we did from like setting up to cleaning up to, you know, like, you know, just walking around, making sure everybody's situated and then also involved like in campus activities. So that is, I guess what I love the most is just being very, very interactive, you know, in involved in like they come in, the students come in and we always say, welcome back. Like we have to say, that's our thing that we say to everybody is, welcome back. And, um, you know, so that's, that's our motto. That's awesome. Can you talk to us about your most memorable time with trio? What memory sticks out to you? Um, well, let's see, I guess it's going to be, um, now like working with our summer bridge, we just finished it. It's been such a challenge to try to get everything situated and, um, just to try to get it running in general. And, um, we had to, you know, have help from other departments to try to, to get this program going like faculty contracts, um, payroll, um, getting the class on, you know, on the schedule and getting a CRN number and, you know, all of those little details, even getting like our, um, our program on like the billboard, you know, that turned out to be like a huge production. So everything that we had no problems with before all of a sudden became such a hard, you know, daunting task to do for some reason. And I don't know if it's because everybody's so stressed and they're at home, they're not in their elements. They don't have their computers. Um, you know, like I said, our community was hit very hard. So, you know, I don't know if all of that, and at many times I wanted to just quit. I just wanted to just not do the summer program. And I was like, we're not going to find anybody. Nobody wants to do this. Everybody, you know, there's no internet connection. And many times I just, I, you know, I almost did a couple of times, almost called it all off. But then I was like, you know, no, I don't want to, because first of all, I feel like, you know, I don't want to like, give up on stuff that, you know, that's like the number one thing. I don't want to be like a failure to myself and, um, no, to the program and take the easy road. You know what I mean? I I just didn't want to do that. And so I was like, well, let's just do it. Let's just try it. We have a few people that the academic advisors had found for us. Um, the teachers were willing to teach again and they were willing to do it all online. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So, we started out with like six and we whittled down to four students. And I know that that is like such a small number, but for us here in our small community, like there's no internet service on the reservation. Um, There's so many challenges, like, you know, people's families are like, um, you know, they're not 
surviving the COVID pandemic. Like people are, you know, there's tragedy all over the place. And, mm -hmm. um, and I just, you know, you hear about it every day and I'm still hearing about it. So, um, you know, I just, I wanted to have some consistency and I want to say we're still here. We're still, you know, going to work through this. And I think that is one of my most, I think I'm going to remember this for forever. Yeah, absolutely. So I know we're almost at the tail end of our podcast, uh, Kimmy Mila, but I know time went just by <laughs> super fast. So I want to ask you two questions before we get sure. to the end. So the two questions are, what is some advice that you have for current TRIO students, whether they're Upward Bound, Educational Opportunity Center, um, Veterans Upward Bound, or Student Support Services, or McNair? Any advice mm -hmm. do you have for those students? Yeah, um, keep going keep going to school, keep working on your degree. Um, you know, things have changed so much in our society and, you know, for the better, a lot of, you know, people have been working really hard to, you know, change things for, for, you know, the betterment of society and to become more inclusive and, um, you know, fair across the board and, you know, justice and with the black lives matter movement. And, you know, we have to keep that work going and it's up to the next generation to keep that going. Like, yes, the riots and, protesting may have died down some but that doesn't mean you know that you have to stop protesting or writing like do so in ways that are educational and um you know educate yourself and you know school may be an option for you or you know like do what you can for the community like volunteer for things or just learn things or just be involved so just keep going in school because you are a next generation you're gonna you know you have this experience now you have um you know, you have, your eyes maybe have been opened and um, you have a platform that's like safe where you can voice your opinions and things like that. And so do it and, um, you know, take this opportunity and make a change because there are other things on the horizon that are coming up that we need help with climate change and things like that. We've got to get more people in STEM. We need as many people as we can to help you know, make a change in our, in the way that we do things for our planet and our future generations. So, you know, be that change, be that voice and um, keep going and keep fighting. That is wonderful advice. I'm going to pivot now and ask you, what is some advice that you would give to a brand new, uh, either trio staff member or someone that's been in there for a while? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I, I always want to make sure that um, the staff voices, you know, are heard, that they have a voice. I know, like, um, sometimes, you know, you're just, if you think you're just, like, um, a lowly, you know, worker and you have no opinion, you have no education, you actually do. You do have a lot of insight. You're here. You're willing to work. Um, everybody's opinions, um, you know, matters. And, you know, speak up. Like, um you know, if you want to see something that's a little bit different, you have an idea, you don't know quite how to formulate it, it's okay. We're, we're here to discuss it as a group and, you know, make that happen. You know, you could totally, you know, change the way that we do things with just like a thought. As long as we're willing to sit down and like talk about it and, you know, be open and open communication, I think is huge. That is wonderful. That's really great advice there, Kimimila. Oh, wow, you. you're on it. Uh, and now we're at the end. Kimimila, it was such an honor to have you on the podcast. We need to have you, you on again as, as, as soon as possible. Hey, can you, like, maybe in three years, because I do plan to, like, stay in trio. I know, like, I listen to Magda's post, and I was like, <laughs> wow, Magda is just amazing. Yeah. I'm so glad, like, she's in New Mexico. I need to pick her brain more. But she was just like, you know, I don't know, like, heart... Uh, what did she say? Heart. The, oh, the heart of service. service. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, I, you know, I'm going to use that and, um, you know, she's my mentor now. Um, so yeah, she doesn't quite know that, but if you're listening, you are. And, um, so yeah, that's just. Fantastic. Camila, thank you again for being on the podcast. Can you do us the honor and signing off for us? Yes. Do I go off the script that you gave me? You can me? go off the script or embellish it if you want, whatever you want to do. <laughs> okay. Well, hi, this is uh, Camila Sims. I'm the director of TRIO Student Support Services program at the University of New Mexico Gallup. I just want to say TRIO works. Camila, thank you so much for being on the podcast. <laughs> thank you. Are you a participant, alum, or staff of a TRIO program? Do you want your program highlighted? 
you or your program could be featured in an upcoming episode of Let's Talk Trio. Get a hold of us by going to our Facebook page or Instagram and send us a direct message. Search for Let's Talk Trio. We want to get your story to the public. I want to thank Kim and Mila Sims for being on the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for giving us your story and sharing with the audience your experiences with Trio. Kim and Mila, again, we're very thankful and very grateful to, uh, to have you on the podcast. Trio makes a huge impact on those who are part of the programs. And I think we have great leaders within Trio like Kimmy Mila who look out for the next thing to help students with, whether it's um, posting recipes or uh, just uh, giving students a good platform to um, talk about uh, things that are uh, that may present to be, may present to be challenges. I think Trio does a wonderful job in getting ahead of it and and helping address their students and and uh, continue pushing them forward. Again, if you'd like to be on the podcast, you can reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or on email. So make sure for either our social media platforms, you look for Let's Talk Trio via email. You can email us at Let's Talk Trio, L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Angelica Villalpando and Student Access, for continuing to sponsor the podcast. Thank you all so much. We are currently in our Kickstarter campaign. You can head over to Kickstarter, donate any dollar amount. It's a one-time pledge. Uh, and this uh, Kickstarter campaign is running through um, part uh, mid-September. So this is an all-or-nothing campaign. What the intent of our campaign is to raise funds to uh, up, upgrade and maintain our equipment, purchase new software for editing and for podcasting software um, and licensing software as well for video conferences or uh, podcasting that allows us to reach out to the audience and have them on the podcast. Um, and that includes uh, directors, guests and to be uh for any of that, right? Um, also to pay any membership fees to be members of these regional organizations. We really want to be part of the uh, TRIO community. So right now, again, being in, in the Kickstarter campaign, you can still head over to Patreon. You can become a monthly sponsor. But right now, we really want to push our Kickstarter campaign, get this one-time fund that we really need uh, to uh, maintain the podcast and to um, upgrade our equipment uh, I know right now, uh, John, Amelia, and myself, we are using uh, our own personal equipment to bring you the podcast every week. So uh, from, I can tell you directly, speaking to the audience, would be really great to have a new microphone. Uh, the microphone that I currently have is a U USB mic. It, uh, while it does a good job and it uh, allows me to speak directly to the audience and I'm able to record, there's still some disadvantages to it. Um, it cannot record. Um, it, it can get a group of two people, um, but it, it does. It doesn't do a very good job of recording two voices. Uh, I can. Uh, so again, it's it's very limited in what can, it can do. Um, so a new a new microphone would allow me to uh, record more than. Um, more than two people in this one uh, in a one setting uh and this will this would allow us to uh, purchase other equipment that the producer and the editor need in order to continue bringing you quality podcasts so right now we are and uh, again in our kickstarter campaign we're asking for forty thousand dollars um and we're asking the audience to pitch in if they can um one dollar is our minimum and i think our maximum is 50 um, whatever you can contribute, that would be great. Uh, for those donating $5 or more, uh, you can request to get a decal. Uh, we have a limit of 100 decals right now. Um, and you can head over to our Instagram or Facebook and look at the decals. Um, and you get to choose which one you want. Uh, and we're also using this uh, as, a, as, a, as a way to gauge uh, how to change our logo. So right now we're looking to change the Let's Talk Trio logo um, just by you donating uh, whatever dollar amount on Kickstarter and you electing which uh, decal you can you, you, you would like you're t you're giving us a direction of what uh, logo we should use moving forward 
I'd like to thank our podcast team. Amelia Castañeda, our marketing manager, social media manager, and producer. John Russell, our audio engineer, editor, and music producer. Juan Rivas, executive producer and host. Honorary members of Let's Talk Trio include Tony Ho, Scott Kendall, and Roderick Chambers. We thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast, and we'll catch you on the next episode.